But lo and behold, he was looking at me like I was a bum. Seemingly, that's how I read it. And at that moment, something happened. You know? Um, and like it says in recovery, you know, no human power can relieve us of the addiction or alcoholism. And that was my case. That was my experience. Because at that point, I wanted it to change. My mother wanted it to change. The state wanted it to change. And no human power could initiate this change. I always wanted to get loaded. And it was like a radioisotope, radioactive isotope in me that just drove me. And, and the alcoholic or the addict of my type was I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. That was the drive. I felt quite uncomfortable in my own skin and I wanted relief. And I was willing to pay any consequence and I did. So, uh, you know, I sat there, I saw him, and something downloaded in me. It was just like that. And it just put a stop to my head. The thought stream sort of dried up, like instantaneously. And it was like a CNN news flash. It was just a headline, not a story. And it just said, I'm fucked, yeah? Now, I've been fucked for quite a while. But we're the last one to really know it. Yeah, and so, and this this captured a statement. I don't like how it says it in the in the twelve steps that you admit to yourself that you're an alcoholic. I've done that tons of times, but this was an admittance to the innermost. I don't know where that is, but I know where it isn't, and it's not in the head. Yeah, so something went bypassed the head and went somewhere. You know that unsuspected inner resource, whatever you want to call it. And that's where the headline presented itself. And uh, that's never changed. It doesn't come up for debate every five years or review. I'm just not managerial quality. That's just simple. And from that point on, I've never had a strong thought or a feeling to get loaded, which is an incredible solution to a problem that had led me getting run over twice by one car, the same car at night, freaking tons of shit, you know? Uh, I've never had a strong urge since. It's going on 31 years now. So something demonstrated that it could do for me what I could not do for myself. And for the last 30 years, I just expanded on what I can't do for myself, really. Yeah, and... Uh, the whole book of recovery, I'm intimate with every description of the problem and every description of the effects of the solution. And I have been given the experience of the problem does not exist for me a day at a time, which if you've had or if you've been ridden by alcoholism or driven by addiction, that's a damn good solution that it doesn't exist for you anymore. So that, uh, that led me in about eight years of sobriety, and after about three years, not even earlier than that, I had the ability to articulate stuff that people have a difficult time articulating. And the head of my type is I see patterns, not particulars, so I can see things 
more in a pattern or more in a blueprint than the consequential level. Yeah, to see why things are happening. So I was starting to share and I was being put to good use by AA, which is an incredible recycling event because after the, the last few years of my life out there, I could find no value in my life whatsoever. You know, I was just ripping and roaring and like I was like a parasite, really living off of everyone I could meet. And yet, those four or five years that I had condemned to having no value, as soon as I entered AA, they were put to great use. See, this is it. There is a, there is a better way, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. And that's the movement of AA. It's allowing us to move from the reliance on a failed system to rely on something that works. Yeah? And if you were content and satisfied right now, a lot of your drive to seek would be diminished greatly. And then, and you would have an immunity to what's not happening because what's happening is so damn obvious as the only event that's going on, you would have immunity to the thought system's forays into yesterday and tomorrow. And you would lose interest in the thoughts, yeah? And, we, and you would gain into interest in something else, let's call it spirit, yeah? And in that shift of emphasis is where I call it a stabilized traveling lighter. So this is the mode of traveling here, this action figure. I'd say it's more like you think you're on a ride, but this is the ride, yeah? So this ride can basically go either one or another way and with a lot of different degrees, traveling heavy or traveling lighter, yeah? And so now I'm reporting back after years of traveling lighter, it can stabilize that sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent as the baseline can flip over to an ease and comfort. Yeah, and it's a and a, it's a whole different starting point. The ease and, to start from the ease and comfort than to always start from the irritable, restlessness, and discontent is a huge difference. Where what's displayed there is a new attitude and a new outlook. Yeah and a new freedom and a new happiness. Now, we could go on a little one-day retreat and change our experience, but to change your attitude and outlook, or the, that is a massive operation, yeah? And I would say, in most cases, for this source code to change, you need a way of life. It's not gonna happen in a 30-day program, yeah? It's not, you know, to me, those 28-day programs, when I used to visit them, I'd always ask the people, what's the most important day of the 28-day program? And they, whatever, and I say, it's the 29th day. It's what you do when you leave, yeah? That's the important thing, because the alcoholic or the addict of my type, I need a way of life. My problem is to stay sober, yeah? Not to get sober, to stay sober. And uh, because life on life's terms seems to overwhelm me. So AA, has given me a, a way of life and sound principles like North Stars. And a principle is something that overrides circumstances and situations, yes? It's not affected by circumstances and situations. It does the op opposite. It affects circumstances and situations, yeah? So the principles are sound in AA, and it works, or whatever, NA, whatever it is. The 12-step vehicle works. You will get relief 
from the insanity that precedes the first dream. And really, the program isn't about stop using, it's about not starting, basically. You just never start again. <laughs> to me, that's the, that's the space of abstinence. It doesn't, it's, it's not in your circle of solution anymore. You, do, you could care less about getting loaded. <laughs> You're out. The thing is, I'm high as hell most of the time, and I can't get pulled over for it. And I don't have to kiss anyone's ass for it. And I don't run out. <laughs> it's a pretty good deal, really. And so my feeling with most people is just stay on the operating table of AA. Don't get up. Don't play doctor, and things are going to go well. Because it isn't about us changing, it's us being changed. You, you've had enough situations that hopefully there's been a modicum of a surrender where you decided, maybe very insincerely, but the willingness is there, to submit yourself to the program so you'll be changed. And that's what happens. You know? And it's not, there's no point where you take over and start changing. <coughs> It's just constantly being worked upon, and then you change. And then you can become of maximum use to yourself and others, not by a huge amount of interest in it, but actually a, a large lack of interest in it. Yeah? I have no interest. Uh, <laughs> if you took a test of me, seriously, right now, I used to tell a story about, uh, I had a lot of trouble with my digestion. Because when I, I got, when I got run over and stuff, uh, they put me on a huge amount of antibiotics for a long, long time. I think it destroyed everything in my gut. And so when I got sober, I, you know, when you're loaded, you never get flus or viruses. You don't fucking, you feel like you're, you're so toxic. Nothing else. The virus doesn't even want to live here anymore. So you never have like a flu or, oh, I'm a little sick today, Coke friends. You know, no. You just get loaded. It's got a great immunity. It's when you stop, then the shit catches up with you. So my stomach was ripped up. It was really screwed up. So I was trying everything, you know, like we're after to do. And uh, it was, I lived in California time and I heard about this because most of them would say they have billions like yogurts. They have billions of beneficial flora. But one came along and they had trillions of beneficial flora from Canada. They came in like these little milk bottles. You buy them at a whole paycheck, Whole Foods, you know. Six of them. And they were like 48 bucks. So that's 48 bucks a week. So I'm, pay, I'm buying them religiously, take, drinking them every day, and I don't know what, if anything's happening, but I don't want to look like a total ass spending all this money, so I think it's getting better. <laughs> but I don't know, you know? And so I decided, I looked up some uh, places, and there's these laboratories in the, in the New Age world, a, a famous one was Smoky Labs in Tennessee, and you'd send specimens of your shit there. And you, they send you an application of what you want to look at for, and everyone's afraid of parasites, though you're already taken over by a parasite, alcohol. Which <laughs> you're unaware of, but you see it, it gets weirdly diverted, so you're afraid of parasites. <laughs> so the first thing I said, check out parasites. And then I checked all these things, and then I three, you know, it took about a week. You know, I had to send three days of specimen. 
took about a week to get the results. I'm really excited, so I opened it up and I looked. Parasites, no signs of parasites. Oh, that's freaking great. Then I went down, it says beneficial flora, and it went 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. Now I've been putting trillions, I mean trillions of beneficial flora for a year straight. I mean, I, I, there were so many citizens in this little area of the intestines, it should have been just like an urban setting. And suddenly there's no sign of them. What? And it says the next sentence, the next sentence, oh, there's two bacterias in there that love beneficial flora. <laughs> so basically, I was gourmet catering these fucking bacterias. I was going out and getting like the best, most sumptuous meal and like <laughs> shopping for them. They can't leave the intestinal tract. But wait, they can jack into my head and send me on a fucking place to get what they need and bring it back. Basically, doesn't what that's what alcoholism does. Doesn't it? Addiction. It takes you over, it takes us over, and uses us for transportation. And then when it, and it talks to you as you. That's the trick. If you heard it as Stanley, and your name was Paul, you wouldn't fucking follow it. But because it sounds like you, it's like the Greek oracle, you know? You're like, oh yes, wise one, what should I do? Yeah. It's like a failed GPS. That's why it says in recovery, if you read the book, why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So, reliance on self is the cause of the fear in one's life. What? Yeah. So why would you work on fear? Yeah? And why not work on the self-reliance? So let's first find out what self-reliance looks like. It's incredible devotion to the thoughts in one's head. You're believing the thoughts that are being produced by alcoholism or addiction, and you're taking them to be yours, yeah? And they're, they're actually compelling you to take an action. And once you take an action, it's sort of like, you know, all of us have certain tendencies as action figures. Maybe we have a little bit of jealousy, yeah? We maybe have a little anger and stuff like that. But as soon as, soon as you drink and use, I mean, you're up on stalking charges a few months later. You know what I mean? It, it amplifies a lot of the shit that's just vaguely there. It's a, little, it's a little bit of a nuisance, but suddenly it's out. Yeah? And it's really amplified. It's like self-centeredness, like an acoustic set. You know? And then you have alcoholism addiction, a fix yourself set. It's electric fucking... You, giant guitar solos, you know? It's like, that's what it's like. It's a, it amplifies certain tendencies in us that jackpot us quite a lot, yeah? Yeah, so, all right, so the, to me, the self-reliance is of the thoughts, yeah? And as it says in recovery, and the non-duality will go right into it. It says in recovery, the problem resides in the mind. So it's in the thought system. That where, that's where the problem delivers itself, yeah? So it speaks to us as us. And when it enters any part of our life and we greet it, we call it me. That's the dilemma, we're identified as it. That was the thing that happened to me. About eight or nine years into sobriety, I was leading fourth step workshops uh, in San Francisco, and I was reading how it works all the time, that chapter. And then some things had been happening in my life, 
my head was breaking open in a lot of different ways. And then I was reading the same thing I'd read tons of times, and it was a sentence uh, right on page 64, right before you go into the, uh, the details of how to do a four-column inventory. And it was, a, it was a sentence that says, being convinced, which means a present tense condition, yeah? So right now, hopefully all of us are being convinced of what? That self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, all right? That's the premise, that's the point. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways has defeated us. So we would be the us, yeah? And then there's this foreign installment or whatever you want to call it. I call it a parasitical movement, a mental movement. And then there's self. Yeah, it's not ego. I don't not talking about ego because what when people talk about ego, they say I have an ego or I've lost an ego. It's that feeling of ownership. That's the bondage of self. Yeah, it's the feeling of the thoughts are yours. That you're the thinker of them. It's the feeling of. Every feeling implies you're the feeler of it. It's the sense of being the doer when an action is noticed, yes? That's the bondage of self, in my view. So, all right, so being convinced that self manifested in various ways, can you see me back there? What's the one? Manufactured in various ways is what has defeated us. So here we are, we're the us, yeah? And we've been defeated, yeah? We can't see the defeat, we see it through the manifestations, yes? There is no self to see because it's an activity, but the activity of self manifests in our lives and in those manifestations we're defeated, all right? We're convinced of that. The next paragraph, it goes to resentment. It says resentment is the number one offender, all right? And then the next would be fear and harms done to others in the pursuit of what you want. That's the topics of the, uh, the inventory, yes? You look at resentments, fears, and harms done to others, looking at our sexual behavior, our sexual actions, yes? That's the, that's the, that's the introductory in inventory. So if you read it, it says being convinced that self, it doesn't say being convinced that Bill, Mary, Sue, Jim, and every other alcoholic name manifested in various ways and defeated Bill, Mary, Sue. It doesn't say that. It says self defeated us. So there's two things. So what's defeating us by its manifestations isn't us, itself. This is where the dilemma is because when people look at resentments, they call them yours. Yeah? They're my resentments. They're my fears. They're my acting out. But in fact, if you read the statement, they're saying they're self's manifestations. Yeah? So the resentment that's I'm seeing something in a skewered manner that's reminding me of a past feeling. And in that, that little perceptual trick, what's running the camera then is self, not you or I, it's self. So it's a manifestation of self that's defeating us. Yeah. So when, and I hear it in our community, I humbly believe that the root of the problem is identification as it is. I do not believe obsession of mind is the root. I think the obsession with mind reinforces the identification with the idea of self. That to me is the root. And it's, I believe Bill W. may not even know it, but if you see the sentence, it was obvious self and us 
are seen to be different, and it's the self that has defeated us. It isn't the us that has defeated us, it's self. So when there's a foreign installment, it's like, here's the fleet of Fords, and there's one driver of, of us all. And if you have difficulty understanding that, and you're in the program, look at how many of us in our community end up parking in the same three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. Different ethnicities, different intelligences, different upbringings, but we land in the same freaking places because there's one driver driving all the Fords. The problem is each Ford has self-centeredness so that we all think we're doing it, yeah? And so even here when we're at a meeting of recovery, you know, I came into AA, I had a very fixed shell of terminal uniqueness. I, unbelievable. It was like a, it was like a, like an M&M but fortified. You know, big freaking shell. And I really believed, humbly, seriously, that no one thought like I did. No one felt like I did. I didn't want to get high with anyone I was meeting in AA. I did. I did not. So I look at. I wouldn't get high with that fucker. No I had. I had class and culture. So, you know, no one feels like I feel. No one's done the heinous things that I've done. Yes. And yet, I went for months listening to people and wanted people share at meetings their feelings, their thoughts their reactions to life, and I could only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts, or they're not my thoughts? How could they be yours if a lot of us are having them? Yeah? It sort of blows the, the idea of ownership out of the wind, out of the water, yeah? And that's where the relief lies. You know the difference between resentment and my resentment is huge. You could put three words here. Let's put money, relationships, and health. Everyone would have a vague sense of it, yeah? I'm gonna change the word completely without changing any letter of the word. My money, my health, my relationships. So I wish every one of you to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. You see? The my changes the whole thing. That's the self thing. The selfing's footprints in our life are the mind. A problem is a problem until it becomes your problem. Then it's a 40 fucking year story. Yes? <laughs> see it. See what people do with resentments. See, you have a miracle happen. You forget it in an hour. But you remember something as a resentment for 30 years. There's a bias that we're not starting on a playing field, even playing field. We're like about negative five, yeah? Really, and look at the theme of the head that's attempting to run your whole show. If, you're, if everything's going well, you feel like they're gonna figure it out. You're a fraud, you don't deserve it, yes? But if you have a little tinge of uncomfortability, you think it's the beginning of a lifelong depression, yeah? So it, it shortens the supposedly expansive, and then it fucking teases out the contraction. It's slavery, literally. We're enslaved to the thoughts, and therefore we're preoccupied by yesterday and tomorrow at the expense of now. If you're flipped out t right now, it isn't because of tonight. It's because of yesterday <coughs> or tomorrow. 
Most of us have been living an interpretation brought to us by the narration in one's head, all the while calling it us, and it isn't. It's a foreign installment. I think like you do, I feel like you do, I act out like you do. That's why we identify. I do not identify with who you are. I identify with what's taking you over because the same parasite took me over called alcoholism or addiction. I know what it's like to live under that tyranny. So when you share about it, I identify. Yes? I don't identify with who you are. I identify with what's taking you over. And that's where the relief lies because the biggest aspect of the alcoholism, there's so many of them, but it's that incredible personalized isolation. You think, we think we're so fucking unique. It's the bane of all of us. You can't see it. You can't see the evidence of the parasite right in front of your face. Yeah. If you look at the thoughts, look at the thoughts, are they playing on your forehead to everyone else? Like a ticket tape thing? No, the thoughts seem to be playing to an audience <coughs> of one, us, yeah? They're not playing to everyone else. They're all shielded from everyone else. It's working on us all day. It's telling us how we were like, how we're gonna be like, how we are like, how you're like, how you're gonna be like. Yes? It's playing God constantly. Yeah? And in the, to me, the biggest unspoken step of AA is quit playing God. It doesn't work. It actually has the foremost position because if you look at the 12 steps as a linear progress, process, uh, process it's, uh, you would think that first would be more important than next, yes? So right before we get to the third step, which is the main principle of, of uh, recovery, it says first we have to quit playing God because it doesn't work, and then next in this drama of life, Yes? So basically, this has much more importance to quit playing God, because why? Because if you don't see you're not that which is playing God, you'll be playing God with the third step. And we see it, people. Oh, I surrender, take it back. Surrender, oh, I want to meet a girl, take it back. That's not fucking, that's not the third step. That's a deal. Yeah. We're the bigger God in it. Really? So, all right, so now we, all right, you have to quit playing God. And let's say that which is playing God is in the head, okay? Maybe, just maybe, we're in the act of being identified as that which is playing God. So when we read, you have to quit playing God, what happens if that which is playing God tries to quit playing God? <laughs> what happens if that which is playing God tries to quit playing God? That's playing God. You can, this is, it's not said in the book, but it's, it's an observation of a lot of recovering communities, self can't get out of self. This is the biggest dilemma. We're trying to get out of what we're not. Instead of seeing it as what we're not. And in seeing it as what, this is what happened. I was doing these freaking things. I read that sentence with a new mind and I saw the idea of self as a foreign installment. Super clear, it was not me. Yeah, it was obvious, it was not me. 
As soon as I saw that it was not me, the possibility downloaded, which is I can be free from it. Yeah? As soon as that happened, it told me since I've been six years old that I had been trying to be free as it. That was the that was the fail. I was trying to be free as self instead of from self. I was looking relief, I was looking for relief for self instead of from self. So I humbly believe if you look at, if you do an inventory and see how self has defeated us, because that's one of the things we're supposed to look for in the patterns of what we call the defects of character. The defects of character are its defects, they're not ours. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. So we see how self has defeated us so that we can see it as something other than us. So then you stop claiming that a resentment to be yours and then it goes away a lot easier. Yeah, because there's old story in the big book of freedom from bondage where the lady really screwed up and she gets sober <laughs> and she had a story that she was, had a resentment about her mother but she would do anything to let it go. And then she got sober and she realized, Jesus Christ, it was like the golden cow to her. She'd been milking that resentment for 30 years. It gave her excuses for not finishing college or failed marriages. She was no way she was letting go of that resentment. And yet she realized, I'm going to die if I don't. So then she ran into that little clergyman on the magazine and gave her some advice. What, to do, what can you do to a resentment? that you can't seem to give up. Well, pray for that person to have everything you want more. You don't even have to mean it. Just do it for a while and see what happens. And I used to do that my first few years. First few years in AA, everything I'm sharing, I went through. Yeah. First year in AA, you know, I met, you know, I had the marriage made in heaven. I met the girl, she had three months, I had six months. Yeah. Had a long future, I could tell. Started, she became, and I loved, felt like I loved her. I had, you know, the feelings had thawed. So, I mean, I hadn't felt anything in years. So I had a little bit of, you know, I was totally in love with her, but incapable of having a viable relationship. You know, she slept a lot, and I just did whatever. So, but what happened is we finally broke up. So I'm at this party, a day party, and I'm just minding my own business. And then she walks in with her new boyfriend, husband, and I swear it looked like rose petals were flying down and a spotlight. They looked perfect. And I was like, oh! It was, and I had to leave the party. I couldn't take it. Jesus Christ, I hated both of them so much. So I went home and I started doing that thing. I started, every time her name came in my head or in his name, Tom, I would say, hey, I want them to have everything I want and even more. Yeah, and I didn't mean it most of the fucking time, but I did it. And after a few weeks, that feeling changed. Every t and ever since, every time her name or his name came up, I felt okay. Because again, like we say, you take a resentment, it's like, trying, it's like taking poison, poison to hurt the other person. It just kills us. So everything in that book has been true to me. But this is the key. I do not see people recognizing the exact nature of the wrong. And I think it's, the, it's in being identified as that which you're not, really. And I humbly believe I'm onto something because I, I've traveled lighter for the last 
21 years or so from entertaining these ideas. As this action figure, it didn't change the geography of my life, but I noticed I travel lighter with whatever life had in store for me so far. And that's a pretty damn good solution. Yeah? I keep losing interest in the idea of self because it's so easy to if it's not you. Just like if someone was over in that room here, a pretty woman, who I was hoping I'd have a biblical relationship with, I haven't talked to her about it, but I'm keen on hearing if she you know, says anything about me. So I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing a talk, but people notice, like, it seems like I'm not paying much attention, I'm trying to hear. Hopefully I hear what she says. Hey, I like that guy, Paul. But you know, and so people say, hey, Paul, you know, you're supposed to be here. I said, yeah, yeah, but I can't, I can't get that attention back because that's very important to me. I think I'm going to have kids with her and everything. So then someone brings a book and throws on the table how to lose a, you know, interest in a conversation in another room. I page through it. I agree, but it doesn't matter. And then suddenly she says something. I'm really incredibly keen on it. She says, Hey, I like that guy, Matt, and my name's Paul. What happens? I lose interest in the conversation immediately, yeah? I don't have to send like a Navy SEAL 16 to get it. The attention just leaves that. That's exactly what it's like. The problem resides in the mind and it's fueled by attention and interest. And the attention and interest is only fueling it because you think it's about you. If you can lose interest, the only way you can lose interest in it is seeing it's not you. Yeah, because if you try to lose interest, that would be interest. Yeah, so you can't get out of it if you're in, but if you're not in, that's out. <laughs> so in a way, this idea, many of us are trying to get into the moment because we believe we can be out of the moment. I don't believe that. I think you and I, I don't believe, has ever been out of any moment. Tell you the truth. You may think, oh, he's really out of the moment, but the surveillance cameras see you. <laughs> it doesn't matter on your little magic mental carpet. You're here, yes? Yeah. So this whole idea of getting into the moment really reinforces an insane idea you could be out of a moment. I don't believe you can be out of a moment. So therefore, there's no effort that I am presenting to get in the moment. Yeah? Exactly. So I have the experience of being in the moment, but it's not based on I got in it, it's based on I can't be out of it. Yeah, and therefore the, the experience stabilizes because it's not based on me getting out of anything or getting into anything. Yeah. And the same thing, a lot of us are trying to get out of self, but my feeling is you've never been in a self. It's just an activity, yes? It's telling a story about you. It's telling a story about you and it pictures you as a body. But in fact, there isn't any true evidence that you're a body. But if you go into memories, they picture you as a body. If you rely on thoughts, they think of you as a body. And if you rely on perceptions, you're gonna see things, but you don't see spirit. Yeah? Now what happens? You see what you're not, and then you find out what you are. So what, I, what we do here is you finally admit you're fucked. You finally admit you're an addict. 
you finally admit you're an alcoholic, and therefore you let it all land, and then you go to, and I'm not. What we're trying to do is get right to, am I not, without, uh, uh, without letting all that accountability land. We're trying to use like a new philosophy as a, as a drug. So people are now trying to grab non-duality because non-duality is there is no self, so then they go, well, there's no one who needs to do the steps. <laughs> but what I do is see, I see Buddhists that try this, and I see non-dualists, and they end up drunk Buddhists and drunk non-dualists, yeah? So here, you fucking let it land, yeah? We're all frauds. We're all gonna be hypocrites in this life. We're all gonna get dirty. That's just the way it is. You let it land, and then therefore you're not. Instead of trying to say, I'm not, because if you don't want to be a fraud, you're gonna feel like one thousands of times. So what happened then, if you take, look at the fourth columns of the inventory. The first and second column is a person and then who, you know, what they did. You're mad at a person, yes? Now, everyone who's at a bar tonight in LA do the first two columns. They know who they're mad at, mad at and why, but does it lead to any relief? No. What does AA do? The whole movement of early AA is just to see your role in things. That's really it. That's the big rock. It's just taking it from the second column to the fourth column where you ask those questions. You know, where was I or am I being selfish? Where was I, am I being self-centered and frightened? And where was I, am I inconsiderate and dishonest? And you just answer them, yeah? And if you can do one name all the way through, you can do thousands of them. It's a formula, yeah? So there's Wendy. Why are you mad? Why were you resentful of Wendy? Well, she left me. What part of my agenda did her leaving affect? Well, it affected my material security. Wendy is rich and I'm not. Okay? It affected my, my, my pride because I thought I was, I was presenting myself as a ladies' man and now the lady has left, yes? It affected my relationships with her and the people we knew. It has affected my emotional condition because being accepted by somebody produces a sense of emotional okayness. It's affected my sexual ambitions, because I'm not going to have sex with Wendy, and I'm not going to have sex with Wendy's maid anymore either. So it affected that. And therefore I get to the fourth column, and I go, well, where am I, or was I selfish? Well, I don't really even like Wendy that much. I didn't. But I'd rather drive the BMW than the Pinto. I wouldn't. You know? I was self-seeking and frightened. I knew it was going to fuck up, but I was hoping I could just keep milking it to the last minute. Yes, and there's the self-seeking frightened. Was I dishonest? I was definitely dishonest. Was I inconsiderate to myself and to her? I've just done a four-column inventory. That's it. That's how you do it. The fear is the same basic thing. Sex is a little different. You ask yourself a question at the end. What could I have done instead? So you can grow to a new ideal of how you're going to relate to others. That's the whole drive. Now you've done the basic inventory. Hopefully there's a pattern of what self takes to be very important. And what I found was most of my sexual acting out had nothing to do with sex. It had to do with self-esteem. I felt so bad about myself when I was out there. The only way I could feel good is if a beautiful woman or a nice looking woman would go horizontal with me. 
that would give me a certain sense of okayness, but then I'd see a mole on her cheek in three weeks or something, and then she'd be disqualified and have to go out again. And I was basically going out every night, not to, not to have sex, but to get self-esteem. I had no idea that was what's going on, just by doing the inventory, yeah? Just by doing the inventory store. So, and I also saw, you know, we, they said when I came in AA, they said, hey, you gotta be willing to save your ass and said you're a face, but I had I thought my face was my ass, really. I was living on that image, on that narration. Yeah. I had it's amazing as a as a down and out junkie, I had a lot of pride. I did. Remember in those little worlds you had? Like if you could hold your tweet, you had a little elevated coke shooting coke. I mean, you weren't looking in under the doors or through the shades. You got creds in your little society, just like everyone else. You did. So it's pride, thinking, you know, it's just, the illness. See, to me, I think the real addiction is the mental addiction to being a self. And then, this, then I believe alcoholism and all other addictions fixate on that addiction. So we're trying to get relief from that addiction but as the center of that addiction, that's why all the other addictions don't work. You know what I mean? Instead of getting, because there's a fundamental mistake where if you saw it as something other than you, the possibility of being free from it would be available. But we're seeing freedom from it. We're, we're looking for solutions from the problem. That's a big problem. Because it's gonna, it's going to migrate to the solutions you find. And you see it now in our community in AA. I came in AA, I'd never been there before, but a lot of people think they know AA. And a lot of people are being introduced to AA because their parents want them. They have no fucking interest in it. They go to one meeting and they think they know what AA is. And therefore, when they go down to those bottoms again, they probably won't go shopping in AA because they'll have an idea they know it's not there. That's a real crime. That's real. That's a real pity. So, all right, that's the end of the AA. But see, the thing is, AA just led inexorably to this idea of non-duality. Because if there is no self, there is no other, in a way. Yeah? So the, old, the whole idea of non-duality, it comes from the oldest scriptures in the world, but it's an idea that there is no two. There isn't me and you, there just is, yes? And so to me, the whole AA life brought me to it, pretty obviously, because if self is the root of the problem, and it isn't so, that's non-duality, yeah? Self is what dictates another. Yeah? Like when you're a baby, supposedly, you have no sense of mother or other for the first, like, 12 months. So the baby doesn't think, oh, that's a different thing, mother. Yeah? You're not seeing any difference or separation. That's what non-duality is like. So that idea of being a child is sort of more like the non-duality. So if you see that, so, oh, it's a tricky thing slide right into it because uh, I really think in a sense it's not it's it's best not to even be introduced to it 
I think life will lead you there. And maybe now is the time. So you can put a seed in. But I find non-duality can't be... It's not like a drug to make yourself feel better. It won't work that way. It's just a fact. You get to the point that it becomes obvious there is no self. There is no singular, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And you're really in the sense-feltness of non-duality. Yeah? And that allows a huge loss of interest in all the activities that keep reinforcing the idea of being a separate, long-lasting, independent doer, haver, thinker, feeler. Yeah? And so you lose interest in all that, those activities, and you gain interest in now. Yeah? So you're awake to being awake. And you have an immunity to what's not happening. This idea of you and I has to be remembered, yeah? So the memories picture us as a body. So when we go into memories, you're remembered as a body. So if I go back five years ago and I'm at Hawaii, I'm not seeing myself as a spirit in Hawaii. I'm seeing myself as Paul, you know, this body. So constantly the memories are of me as a body. The thoughts, Think of me as a body. That's the assumption, yeah? The, again, the perceptions see bodies. So this constant referring to me as a body, so I'm remembered as a self, yeah? So in the past, I'm remembered as a self. So it, it, it's sort of like I was Paul, and then in the future, it's a nut, when you're worrying about you in the future, the you you're worrying about is a body, right? So now I'm remembering you as a body in the future, called worrying. I'm remembering you as a body in the past. So it goes, I was Paul as a body. I'm gonna be Paul as a body. Therefore, I am Paul as a body now. So something that isn't so has to be, has to be remembered to be so. So how is it remembered to be so? It was so and it's gonna be so. Therefore, it is so now. If you do something that you're really keen on, you lose interest in that whole preoccupation. And you have an inherent freedom from the bondage of self. Yeah? For me, it's surfing and stuff like that. Yeah? Or when you, even in these talks. Because I remember when I did these sports workshops, I did them every Monday night. And I'm a real believer that uh, you don't have to have it to give it away. If you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. I'm not a believer in that other statement. My experience is if you're willing to give it away, this juice will come through. So there I was willing to give it away, and I'd come on all these different Monday nights in a lot of different conditions. One time I was waiting to hear back if I had AIDS. Back then when I first entered AA, it was like a three-week wait if you got the test. So I was waiting to see, and I was an intravenous user, and so I was a prime candidate for AIDS. And all these things. Sometimes my fairy princess broke up with me right before the meeting. Or I'd have all these pressing pains or dis-ease. And I'd go in that room, and then this power, it's like this water would come through this hose, and all of that would be completely forgotten. Completely. As if it never happened for that hour. Then I'd get up, and maybe they'd all be, you know, because of my attention would go back. 
Yeah? And then suddenly all those things would show up. But after tons of experiences of this, when I realized if those things can disappear so quickly, how could they be fucking real? The only thing that remains when they go is me. Not me as Paul, but as what I am, the awareness or the spirit. And so AA tale tells us you have to have a, you have to maintain your spiritual condition, right? Your, your daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. But could you imagine if you are a spirit, that would be the highest form of maintenance. Because you wouldn't be doing it, you'd be being it. Yeah. And just like right now, we're all being conscious, like it or not, every one of us is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and I don't see any of us sweating, you know? You know what I mean? You're not sweating to hear, are you? You know what I mean? You're just seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. doesn't seem to have much volition, does it? I'm not going, I'm going to, I'm not going to see this. If my eyes were open, a, a bird flies by, I saw the bird. Yeah? So it doesn't, we have no volition. That's the conscious conflict. We're consciousness. We're not a thing. We're of that spirit. That is first. This is after. But then when the mental state's obsession puts this first, and then you forget that, which is before, and sometimes you'll seek for it as after you. That's why you never find the spirit as a body. I would just stick with AA. Don't get into any other philosophies for a while. Just let AA work on you, seriously. And it's all about a shift of interest. And just like it says, that which is playing God can't quit playing God. If all of us joined like a two-year seminar on how to lose interest in self, that could be construed as interest in self. <laughs> so you can't, you're not gonna get out of the thumb torture by moving. You're not. So just fucking let AA work on you. Get this, see this action figure really veered very extreme left and right. And it took a lot of cars with it when it crashed. Yeah? It had to be, it had to be corrected. And AA is the correction. And then that allows me to entertain all these other possibilities. But if, I, if this isn't corrected, the way I'll entertain those possibilities is just like I entertain drugs. I'm looking to get a fucking quick relief. That's not going to work with non-duality. It's, it's a, either a fact or it isn't to you. And it's best that you're not ignoring and trying to get it as a solution. It just falls on you and makes total sense, yeah? So first, let's get corrected as the action figure. Sooner or later, that urge or that radioisotope is going to be removed. You won't even be aware of it. It may take you a few months to realize, I don't really want to fucking get high. Yeah? The miracle has worked. Then all you need to do is get the right habits. And to me, if the problem resides in the mind, and you don't want the mind to have much say in the solution. Yeah? And a habit is an action without thought. Just like we were in the habit of getting loaded. I didn't think, oh, I think I'm going to shoot coke today. Yeah. You know? No, I was going to shoot coke today. Yeah? So the same thing, new habits are in place. That See, I don't think about going to a meeting. I think, which one? 
I'm going to go to A means. After 30 years, I still go to A means. Yeah? It's just which one? Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And in those meetings, I feel the tradition too, the loving God expressing itself through our group conscience. I sense the presence of spirit. That's why I go. It's unbelievable. And its batting average is about 99.99%. That's a failure at all, ever. So once the habits are in place, that's the insurance policy. Let everything get corrected and then see where life takes you. You know? It's going to take you somewhere else. And everything that will take you to will help illuminate the path of illumination, which is recovery. And to me, that's what non-duality is. AA is a, is a path of illumination, but what non-duality does is allows an illumination of the path. That, to me, is the case. Yeah? So you are the light you're looking for. Instead of using the light to look for light, you realize you are the light. Yes? There's a great statement in Buddhism, Hawaiian Po, a great Zen master. <coughs> He would say, you cannot use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use the light to seek the light. We say you can't use self to get out of self. It's basically the same statement. So, and I don't think Hawaiian Po was a sadist. So when he was talking to Bill, Jim, Mary, and Sue, he saw them as the Buddha, and he was talking to the Buddha, yet yeah, not Jim, Mary, Sue. And he said, hey, Buddha, you can't use yourself to find yourself. That's the message of non-duality. You are what you're looking for. You're not the one who has the solution. You're really <coughs> the embodiment of the solution. <laughs> it's, it's, then whatever you think AA or recovery is going to be like, you're, gonna, you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> if you just stay on the operating table. Yeah. If I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't high. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. <Yeah. laughs> <So. laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to mix it up. I don't think, fuck non-duality. Just get spaced over. <laughs> you may bring it to this idea. Yeah? It's not essential. And it really doesn't need your attention. It's just a fact. But it's before everything else. Yeah? To me, non-duality is a fact. I don't believe there's two things. I don't believe there's you and me. I think it's this. Yes? I think everything is a verb. There's no nouns to be found. Everything is happening. Nothing ever happens. It's just a dreaming. It's a dreaming, and none of the dreaming is ever going to leave any lasting effect on what you are. We're like that big sky without a cloud in it that allows all the clouds to appear in it, yet none of them affect it, yes? All the planes fly through the sky, not one of them run into a big chunk of sky. Yeah? When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. You can have 365 July 4th events and it's not going to rip the sky open. That's what big mind is like. That is what spirit is like. Spirit allows everything, everything to appear because that's why acceptance is the key. Everything to appear in it, yet none of it affects it whatsoever. That's what we're like. That's what spirit is like. All the heinous things you thought you did have already been forgiven before you ever fucking did them. 
Yes? Yes. We've been going to the wrong courts. We've been going to the courts of the head where we're already convicted. Every one of us is just living out a sentence that we've, we've put on ourselves. Yes? There's no freedom in those courts. There's no probation. You're not going to get paroled. This allows you to go to the court of light where all your seeming transgressions are null and voided. Yes? See, this happened with me. If I'm not those manifestations, if something has taken me over and used me for transportation, and if the first step is correct, that we were powerless over alcohol and drugs, that's sort of like if you're dancing with a gorilla, you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop. I don't understand why so much guilt and shame is still being produced out of claiming you were the doer of those behaviors that you had nothing to do with. Something took you over, used you for transportation, and left you holding the bag. That hit me the first six months, I swear. I was thinking I was pretty cool, you know, getting sober, trying to go out with this girl, had a little 850s. Suzuki, my other friend had a nice Kawasaki. We had the two girls in the back, went to his apartment, went up the stairs, this girl came down the stairs, she had paint on her blue jeans, this Asian girl. My friend went down back to get something from the bike. As he came in, he ran into his neighbor and says, hey, my neighbor wants to ask you some questions. And I thought he told her I was a house painter and I was gonna give her advice. And there I am trying to impress this girl and you know, my friend and everything. This lady walks in and says, hello, Paul, do you remember me? I go, no. She says, you owe me $500. <laughs> what? So she had moved into one of my many apartments and I took one of my many deposits that never went to the landlord. <laughs> so she basically caught me with my pants down, but I didn't feel any guilt or shame because I knew I would have done to her I would have done it to anyone unless you physically could stop. I had no guilt or shame about it because I saw at least the first, op the first possibility, I saw alcoholism as a disease. I did not see it as volition. Yeah? And I keep seeing in our community, there's so much mental harvesting of guilt and shame based on behaviors we perform seemingly under the influence, yet our first step says we were powerless over it. There is so much freedom available through AA, if you see it. This isn't about getting a parking space at the fucking meeting, or a date, or maybe not acting out July 4th picnic, those are good, but this is a bigger ball game than that. And hopefully we grow from the idea of a higher power of our own understanding to a higher power of its own understanding. Because that's revelatory, yes? That's revelatory. When you're finding about the higher, out, about the higher power as it's downloading through your life, and then all the coincidences and the vignettes and all the grace that's apparent, you know, give me a break. You've seen the demonstrations in your life. So, all right, well, so we cut out non-duality, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So you already know it. The Buddha knows it's the Buddha. Yeah? But it doesn't know it's the Buddha as Steve. So when you lose interest in, the, in Paul, there's more interest in the Buddha knowing it's the Buddha. So therefore, it doesn't waste any time looking for the Buddha. It spends all its time being the Buddha. <laughs> in AA, you can see what you're not. You can study what you're not. You can know what you're not. You do inventories about what you're not. Yeah? You can have an understanding about what you're not. You can, un you can experience what you're not. You can know what you're not. You can see what you're not. But you cannot see, know, and understand what you are. You can only be it. And I'm humbly believing we're all being it right now. But most of us just don't think so. Because there's a huge amount of faith in the thought system. The thought system that divides and separates and isolates us. Yeah. So, any more, any questions? So many questions. <laughs> There's a time, you gotta do it in at least five seconds. An example of an application of, um, of not, not being this thought, like um, realizing that it's this other than in a resentment, like in a, in, a, in a present moment application of not being the self, this being. I would say this is one. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have I didn't have prepared notes. I didn't have I didn't come here at two and, and sit in a get, get get ready room for three hours. I came here, you know, put on a pair of pants and showed up here because I have faith that that water is going to be moved through the hose. I guess it's more like when you're in when I'm in fear or in self. Um, Yeah, when I'm in, when I'm, when I'm actually in self in the moment, like, like a little golden nugget of getting out. All right, ask who is it that's in self? And when it says me, ask who's that me? Use self-inquiry, use subjective questioning. Question the pseudo-subject and see if it's so or not. If you went to a house and knocked on the door, 500 times and no one answered, there's no one fucking home. <laughs> <laughs> ask who it is, and when it gives you the me, ask again, and you'll see there'll be no answer, and yet there's still something there. Yeah. How do you get rid of that? You can't get rid of something that isn't so. Who programmed that? Who programmed that? Who knows? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> it's, it's not going to change anything. There he is! He programmed it. <laughs> programming is going to continue. The thing is, the programming, see, AA will change the program su sufficiently enough where you're not jackpotting yourself. Yes? Then there's just a huge loss in interest. That's really what happens. You don't lose interest, it just lo you lose interest in the preoccupations. And therefore, the interest is, to me, the sense of presence, yeah? When the interest is undirected by the mental state, that's what the presence of the higher power is. 
It's undirected attention and interest. Yeah? Yes. And it says in AA, you'll lose interest in self and gain interest in others. So what is that which is lose interest in, lose interest in self? Not self. There's a losing interest in self. It's not done by self. You're not that. There's a losing an interest in what you're not, and then you gain interest in everything else. You lose interest in it. You don't get liberated. You lose interest in the need to be liberated. You're not that which needs to be liberated. The, what wants to get out of the body is the body. Spirit, spirit isn't going to a retreat and chanting, I'm not a body. It's a body that's chanting, I'm not a body. It wants to get out of the body fucking experience, but as a body. It does, it's like a car's not going to get out of a car. You've got to see it's not you, and then you can get out of it. We're trying to get out of it as it. You get out of it by realizing you're not it. Yeah? And when you're not it, you lose interest in all that reinforces it. Because it's not about you. And then something else directs your interest and attention. And in my case, it seems like it enriches my day. Instead of enslaving this possibility to yesterday and tomorrow, it enriches my participation here. When I eat after these talks, it's so fucking delicious. <laughs> when I hear music, you know, like when you're having, making love and the music, I mean, you can have a tinny little speaker, it's fucking just, you know, the sound. I mean, when you lose interest in self, things get heightened. And there's like a, living is a dynamic event, not a fucking narration, not an interpretation, you're alive. It's sense felt. Don't you see, don't you see the head? When did it happen where, when we were a kid, life was happening, and then slowly it turned into life's happening to me. We lost the feeling of living, and then we got an interpretation of it. And we got the interpretation, yesterday and tomorrow was more important than now. Fuck now, I gotta be working towards tomorrow. That's slavery. What does AA say, you know? People call me all the time and they, they're, in a, they're in a bad situation, so to speak, but they want a guarantee. In other words, they want the stare guaranteed. And the AA way is put your foot out and a stare will appear. Instead of waiting for a fucking guarantee for the stare, put your freaking foot out and there'll be a stare. That's reliance on the higher power. Not taking thought to be the fucking judge and the jury. Bypassing thought. Going to that thing we call the pause and realizing that's the starting point. And seeing thought from there. Not seeing everything from thought, but seeing thought from the pause. The thought system is how the infection is continued. It keeps injecting through the mind. The mind is the syringe and it pushes in there and then it uses the problem, my problem. 
Girlfriend, you know, girlfriend was great. My girlfriend, I was up on charges a few months later. So I thought I had the right to look at her emails. Because she's my girlfriend. Yeah? Everything freaking changes when it comes to when the Maya appears. I humbly believe all you need to do is describe what you're not. When you see it's not you, there's a possibility of peace that's never available to that you. It is relief from the bondage of self, not relieving self from the bondage, relieving the bondage of self. You're not trying to free self from the bondage, it's the bondage of self you're freed from. Yes? Um, yeah, I, the concept, of um, like this this realization that I am not self, like this depersonalization of it. It's, is there any way to practice like living in that state, or is it something that has to, that realization has to come about again? Well, service is helpful. Get involved in service, or get involved in commitments in AA, and then that will become a way of being pulled out of that orbit of selfing so that you can feel what it's like to be out of self. Because how are you going to be able to entertain it unless you've got a sample of it, yeah? If you looked at people at meetings, if you could see like an energetic x-ray, there's like a, it's almost like a ring of satin, yeah? There's like this ring of attention and interest that's circling around this idea of being you. And then what happens is if you're listening to people at a meeting, it pulls out the attention from that orbit and then you feel bigger and more available, yeah? Or when you do service, it pulls out that attention and you lose interest in this and you're out here and then you feel available. And when you feel available, you sense the presence, yeah? Well, that presence is really the starting point. And really, in fact, we're all present therefore available then of service. Instead of the other way, we're looking at it like, I've got to get out of self. Well, then get a fucking good divine proctologist because you're going to be up and ask yourself every fucking day. I'm going to pull it out and it goes back up. No, the freedom is you were never in self. I'm telling you, I saw it. I've seen alcoholism. I've seen it. I've seen it from head to toe. I've seen the parasitical movement. People go on retreats. I was on cocaine retreats for 10 days, many times. And you know, cocaine is not a happy drug. You're usually in a lot of fucking hell, most of the time, aren't you? After the rushes, it's like fucking exquisite, fucking unmerciful. You're up for 10 days, a lot's revealed. Yeah? It is. You see the fucking beast. And if you can live through it and be able to talk about it, if you've gotten enough education about what you're not because it was gnawing away at you like a fucking hive of fucking bang bees. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do it again. Yeah. yeah. It was what was driving that. So 
you get it. You already have all the information as drug addicts. You know any life run on self-will will hardly be a success. You know self-knowledge avails you nothing, but knowledge of self avails you quite a lot. But knowledge claimed as by self won't avail you anything. But you, if you have knowledge of self, it's very, 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 it can allow a very strong understanding to stabilize. Yeah. I think, yes. I, you were, to, um, you made that comment about uh, sort of, there's like a negative bias in the mind, like instead of celebrating all the, positive things in my day i'm just going to focus on that one time usually you lean that way yeah yeah I, i've noticed that quite a bit actually uh, i mean just today you know having a great day but i was uh just dwelling on one thing that happened like four months ago and um i noticed that that's actually kind of a that's a, a cause of quite a bit of misery yeah uh, in my life um but i felt like you know I, I heard you talk about it and i see the absurdity of it but here i go again no, see, the thing is, it wasn't you, though. Ask that question, who was it that was obsessing over that thing that happened four months ago? It wasn't you. If it wasn't you, you're not interested if someone else was obsessing over something four months ago, are you? No, it's only because it's you. Let's weaken the idea of you. Yeah, really. Her insanity has no effect on me whatsoever. But that same thing that's going on in her head, if it was held as mine, it could have a huge effect. It's not what's going on, it's who it's going on to. So ask yourself that little subjective question, who is it? You see it, it slips in. See, it was, you had the nice little take and then it slipped in. Oh yeah, I was obsessing over that thing for, no, that, what, that wasn't you that was obsessing. Yes? Catch it. You just caught the thief. Ask it who it is. This is the dilemma. We're running into it all day. But every time we run into it, we call it me. Why not stop and ask it? Who am I? Who is this? From whence does it come? See where it takes you. It'll say me really fast. And, but if you press it, it, it fucking... You know, it does nothing, nothing said, and that's the pause. That's what we are. The importance of, of, of obsessing four months ago has nothing to do with the obsessing with four months. It has to do with you. The, the meaning that that has is because it's you that was obsessing over four months. If you take the you out of it, it's just obsessing over four months ago. It, this happens all fucking day. And I've inquired a lot. I mean, I've you know been in the I'm on the not dual side. Like I keep asking, you know, what am I? Like, is it really this thing that's obsessing? And uh, you know, questioning the separate thought, the separate feeling, and all that good stuff keeps coming back. Of course, it keeps coming back because you're here. <laughs> you are here. This is here. The mental state is going to keep presenting its case. You're not going to wait. Don't waste time trying to convince that. Just see, it's not you. This thing, this thing does not believe its spirit. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't believe, it believes, it doesn't want to go on a 13 hour retreat. It wants a nice cushion for its ass. It's just seeking, it's searching all day to get a little, you know, more of the ice cream or the biggest slice of, you know, don't waste time trying to win this thing over. Just realize it's not you. 
This is not a chariot to the gods. This is like a utilitarian vehicle. It's a fucking Toyota. Yeah? It will get you to the meeting. It's not that which is attending the meeting. It just drives you to the meeting. It takes you here. Yes? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So. See, we want it. See, it came back. Of course it's going to come back. That's its job. Its job is presenting a story with the hopes that would make it easier for us in a weird fucking way, probably. But it's like, you ever see the movie 2001? When Hal, yeah, it's like, Hal's taken over. <laughs> it's got a different agenda and a different mission. Yeah? Yeah. It wants to do what it wants to do. It likes to get its fucking... It likes to drink and use for most of us. And it's going to lead us. Its idea of surrender is fuck it. It wants to lead us to fuck it. And when it when we hit fuck it, it goes, well, fuck it. And then it gives us a suggestion. Oh, it doesn't matter. Or do this. Or why not that? And then as soon as the genie's out of the bottle, the, the consequences grow. See, I could think 50 times I hate my girlfriend. Yeah? 50 times. But all it takes is one time saying it. That changes everything. See, if I say it, maybe I go out and get loaded and I forget. But now when I wake up, all her friends haven't forgotten because she's told them all. She never forgets. Yes? So the, it's, this stuff is it's wanting to act out. It want, it's wanting to compel you to do something because when you do something, you're tattooed with the effects. Yes? The thoughts are almost, they're almost like touching a membrane. They want to compel they want you to fucking say something or do something so they get out of the box and then they can have an effect. Yeah? The freedom is there. The freedom is before the thoughts, not after the thoughts. After the thoughts, it's like harm reduction. It's fucking therapy. The freedom is prior to the thoughts, before. You see them as thoughts and they come and go. Once you hold them as mine, they stay. Yeah. That's it, eh? <laughs> Any more? Oh, yeah, no, 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 I'm good. If it's all right, everyone? Yeah. Yes, had enough? Great, great. <laughs> and uh, we have some books, too. We have uh, a book that's more, it's, well, whatever. There's t-shirts and books there. <laughs> Try to support us. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of